0: Every fear, bow down to your love. And we would sing like never before. You'd give us the greater glimpse of a never changing God. To love we to In Your presence there is freedom. And in Your presence there is freedom. Hey, we declare the morning. In Your presence we are made whole. Don't be like light, scream it out.
1: the person next to you and do this and the other side here come on we need to wake up this morning come on there we go on the head all right here we go
2: Father, I thank you for a great opportunity to be able to come together, to be able to celebrate you together, to be able to lift you up. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you that we live in such an incredible country where we can do that even on a whim. And so thank you for the opportunity this morning. I declare your blessing over your church, over our great city in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would uh, release wisdom on our leaders. That they would make great decisions as they lead our city forward on our nation, as the leaders of our nation lead the nation forward. Again, that they would make great decisions, godly decisions, in Jesus' name. Amen. How about saying hello to three or four people before you take a seat? Great to see you this morning. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Great to have you here. Can I encourage you, if you are uh, visiting with us today, as you leave, there's a table at the back. There'll be someone there. It's got white bags on it. There's information in there about who we are as a church and uh, where we're heading. And also, if we can help you any way at all in your journey, uh, spiritual journey, we would love to do that. So please um, just head to the table on the way out. That would be really, really Good. Couple of uh, no not yet. Birthdays, birthdays. Just had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week. Any birthdays? Any wedding anniversaries? Yet a birthday! Come on! Happy birthday! You're getting tall, mate. You're getting very tall. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, I Only two today. Well, you too, we get everyone to pray for you. That's awesome. Is it your birthday too? Happy birthday. Fantastic. Church, would you like to jump up on your feet? We're going to declare God's blessing over these wonderful people. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Fantastic. A couple of things just to remind you of if you are um, interested in the Bible Land Tour next year and you haven't shown your interest by registering at the Hub or whatever this week and then we open it up further to other churches. So I believe we've got 30-odd registered at the moment. Um, We need 46 to make it work and um so after this week we will go out to other churches because i know there's some interested parties there just so you know i don't want anyone here that wants to go to miss out so that'll be great also on tuesday night the next installment of our activate school of leadership starts and so it is four weeks long uh 6 p.m to 7:20 p.m followed by prayer meeting Uh, So the next four Tuesday nights. And this next block course is uh, based around personality types. God has created you in a unique way. And having a little bit of insight and understanding into how He's created us can can actually be incredibly liberating um, as we walk through life. So that'll be a great four weeks. And um, the, the cost is zero. We just want you there. We want you there because we need more leaders in the world Hamilton needs more leaders the marketplace needs more leaders, the church needs more leaders because leaders actually cause things to happen and um, they also shape culture and our city desperately needs its culture shaped toward the kingdom of God culture, our church needs culture shaped continuously Toward Kingdom of God culture, because what happens if you're not continuous in shaping something? The law of entropy kicks in, doesn't it? Entropy? No, that's the wrong word. You know what I mean? Atrophy. Thank you. And, and, and it starts to to go downhill. And so we need um, we need great leaders in the church, in the community, and you know, sitting in front of me right now are a lot of people with great leadership potential. You've just got to tap it. You've got to start to allow God to work in there. You've got to expand your capacity. And uh, I wonder who's sitting in the room right now that God would use in an incredible way, whether it be in the marketplace, the community, the church. I wonder what call God has on your life that no one's yet seen. But the back work could be that you start to ensure that your leadership's developing. Good. be good, eh? Yep. Yeah, so sign up, come. Sign up in the hub afterwards. If you forget to do that, just turn up. It'll be okay. But I'd prefer you sign up so I know what room to have it in. That would be good. Well, kids, you're on holiday now. School holidays. Yeah, fantastic. Very good. You can go. Thank you, leaders. Wonderful. I started a little project last year, I think it was. I thought we really needed to write a, to to have a booklet of some description that um, when people came to to activate church, they could find out the heart of what we're doing and who we are as a church and where we're going. And um, maybe what makes me tick a little bit would help people understand me a little bit more so they, you know, don't take offence when I say certain things. I thought it could be helpful. So I started to write a little booklet, and it turned into a book. And um, so, look, these are the first three off the printing press, and I'm going to give them away if anyone would like one. Would anyone like one? Yeah, thank you. You're doing my ego good right now. You like one too? There you go. Anyone on this side like one to know what's happening in the life of the church? Here we are. And for the rest of you, you can buy them at only $99.99. No, we'll be making them available. And um, hopefully it gives you some insights as to where we go. It only takes, ask Pastor Ray, it takes about 40 minutes to read, eh? Maybe slightly more. I did it so you could read it easily and be entertained. Yeah, I wrote, no, it's not enough pictures for blokes. But you will notice it is small. <laughs> well, we, we just... Um, I really felt after the 9 a.m. gathering that we needed to change the way we did this one around a little bit. So Pastor Ray's going to come and preach, Uh, message. Caleb helping them this morning. It's going to be awesome. And then we're going to save our worship to the end. Is that all right? Fantastic. Well, actually, that is true. We are worshiping now. Very good. Jan, Jan is on to it. Ray, why don't you come? How about giving Pastor Ray a big hand as he comes this morning?
3: Great, thank you, Pastor Sheridan. Hey, We've been at Hillsong for the week, and we've had a wonderful time, and uh, 21,000 people. Uh, It was great, but guess what? God is still there. He's here, and He's there. So, although we were 21,000 people, it's just so good to be with you, because God is in the house all around the globe, which is so good. Hey, I really enjoyed that last song. Did, Did you... I almost felt like getting my shimmy on. (laughs) No, I better not wind it up too much when you're going, stop doing that, Ray. This morning, I want to talk about worship on purpose. Worship on purpose. And Caleb is going to give me a hand. Uh, At the end, he's going to be talking about worship in the context of contemporary culture. So um, it's going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn over to Psalm 19, and while you're doing that, I'll just open up my laptop here, which will be helpful. There we go. Isn't church a wonderful place? The church is wonderful. It is, it is absolutely fantastic. Praise God for His church, amen? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, praise God for his church. That is good. Getting all these bits and pieces opened up. So Psalm 19, we're going to read some verses there. So worship on purpose. I really want to encourage you, church, as we conclude our gathering today, is to go to a place where I'm going to express myself before the Lord like I've never expressed Him before. To press into Him and all that He is, because He is infinitely beyond all that we can think and imagine. And He gives us this wonderful invitation to step into relationship and have the closest of all relationships, which is a worship relationship. Do you realize God doesn't need your worship this morning because He needs His ego propping up? He's not thinking, I'm just having my brunch this morning, opening up the New Zealand Herald with a nice cup of coffee and going, I need to be pumped up by my church this morning. No, he's not thinking that. He's inviting you, and he wants to lean his ear over heaven and go, oh man, that's the sweetest sound in all the universe. My church is worshipping. I just want to get amongst that. I want to be part of that. Jesus wants to invade your world and be part of it, not just now, but every moment of the day. That's the sort of God He is. That's the person He is. He wants to invade and be part of it. And so I want to encourage you to open yourself to all that God has for you this morning. Don't hold back. About three or four years ago, Pastor Sheridan was leading, uh, as you know, around November of each year, we have our Thanksgiving service uh, it's, for me, it's one of the highlights of the year. If you know me well, uh, my, my favorite uh, lifetime message Scripture is, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is a will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I love thanks. And uh, while we are worshiping before, um, the Hebrew word for thanks is todah. So I had this thought, hey, todah today. Hey, give todah today. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, todah today, which means... Hey, thanks today. Getting a bit weird for Sheridan. I might put it in a chapter of a book, I think. <laughs> anyway, we're having this Thanksgiving service. It was about three or four years ago. It was when the seats were straight. Do you remember those days? The straight seat days? Yeah, well, we're in the curved days. So they were in the straight seat days. I was standing about where Lance is in a straight seat, and I... I cl- I wasn't in a straight jacket, Lance. <laughs> I was in a stra- yeah. And I was, okay, people, let's just get this back together. And um, I was worshiping God, and I closed my eyes, and I had this vision in my mind that on this, and I've shared this before, on the stage were these huge gates, beautiful gates. And if you know Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And as we began to thank the Lord, these gates open and we could step into His presence. But here's the beautiful thing, His presence steps into us to refresh us, to encourage us, to lift us. And today the Holy Spirit is amongst us and within us, but He wants to step into us afresh and to lift us to a new level of understanding what it is to worship on purpose. And worship on purpose doesn't mean I simply come and express this is my worship time. Worship involves communing with God 24-7, seven days a week. Isn't that a good thing? You know how God is so amazing? He has made everything. We've got the first slide there. God has created it all. He's an infinite God who knows no limits, no boundaries. Sheridan can only probably do about five or six press-ups this morning. Jay could do five or 600. (laughs) But if we had Jesus here... Well, probably no limit to those. I don't know if he's into precepts or not, to be honest. But there is no limit to what God can do and who God is. There's a picture of our universe. And somewhere there's a little planet, and somewhere is a little country, and somewhere there's a little city, and somewhere there's a little building where a group of people could activate church. God made it. He created it. No limit to what he can make. It's some of his artwork in the galaxy that's billions of miles away. And here he makes this wonderful little blue planet called Earth, which you and I are on. He has it all. He made it all. Yet the God who has it all, the God who made it all, is still looking for something. He's looking for worshipers, And he's looking for you today. And I can imagine Father God having his brunch with Jesus this morning don't know if he's got the New Zealand hero or not. Just looking for the sound around the earth. Is there a people who will worship me in spirit and in truth? And so we're going to pick up our story today from, and this is what God is looking for, for worshipers all over the earth, people of every race, every ethnicity, every age, Every socioeconomic structure doesn't matter. He's looking for worshipers. young and old. Not because he needs it, but because this is the closest relationship God can have with any person, is a worship relationship. And to be a worshipper, it means every part of me needs to be involved with God. This is what we read in John 4. Verse 23, but the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking. He's created it all. He has it all, but He's looking. He's seeking. He's after those who will worship Him that way, in spirit and truth. For God is spirit. Here, it's repeated again just to give the emphasis to it. So those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. This is a profound passage, absolutely profound. It's an eternal passage. This scripture, like all scripture, is true for eternity. God is calling His church through all the centuries, and we'll have a brief, very brief look at that, to worship Him in spirit and truth. And it's on two levels. God wants us as humanity, you as an individual, to worship Him out of the truth of your heart, out of your spirit, But God is so focused on worship that Jesus Himself is the truth. And God Himself is the Holy Spirit. And with the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and amongst us as a church, we give worship to the Father. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that absolutely wonderful? And you know the fruit of worshiping God and Spirit and truth? The fruit of truth in your life is freedom. Isn't that amazing? And we all want freedom. Freedom to dance. Freedom to sing. Freedom to be who God has called us to be. Freedom for you to be the success that God has said you are. That's the truth. Freedom to be free of every fear that you can step into every opportunity that God has you to step into you. That's the truth, the freedom He wants you to step into. The freedom and the truth that God has for us as a church in this city, in this nation, in the nations, to step in. That's the truth, the freedom that God wants us to walk into. But wait, there's more. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the truth brings freedom. The Spirit brings freedom. We have this wonderful environment to worship God. And as Pastor Sheridan, I love his illustrations about the kingdom of God, loosing and unlocking or unlocking God wants to unlock truth into our lives that we can have the freedom to worship Him. Unlock the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can worship Him. Isn't that cool? So, so cool. Praise God for that. So, open your Bibles to John chapter 4. And we're going to pick it up a little bit earlier on in the story just want to give you a little bit of background. We know this is a story about the woman at the well, and uh, Pastor Sheridan spoke on this three or four months ago. Jessica Harris, who was a guest speaker here, uh, about six weeks ago, I suppose, spoke about it. There's been others at, at the conference, Hillsong. Pastor um, John Gray briefly spoke about it. This scripture is coming out up all over the place. Maybe you've heard it a number of places as well. And I believe God wants to move with intentionality his church to a new revelation of what it is to worship him. He wants to take us. Why? Because we have the freedom to be who God has called us to be. Isn't that cool? So here's the story. In John chapter 2, Jesus is in the temple at Jerusalem and he makes a whip and he turns over the money table changes. Wouldn't that be fun to do? Make a get in there, and wasn't really fun. He was zealous for his house. He said, what did he say? My house will be called a house of prayer, an expression of worship to God. And, of course, they accuse Jesus of saying that, you know, he said that he will destroy this temple and raise it up or build it up in three days, of course, talking about his own body, where the Pharisees, the religious leaders, say it's taken 46 years to build this. And what Jesus is really saying, this is the old way of worship. It's been at this place on this mount, the temple mount. For those that are going to uh, Israel next year, you will see it. It's an incredible place. you and I had the privilege of seeing it last year. And Jesus is a saying that <clears throat> there's a new system of worship coming. I'm turning the tables over the old way. And now he comes into um, this area and talking to the woman of the well in Samaria Comes to this area of Samaria, which is between, as you can see, right smack in the middle of Jerusalem, it's in the south, and Galilee is in the north. And Jesus is on a journey to go from Jerusalem, he's been in the temple there, he's been turning money tables over, and then he's going to say, He's heading up to Galilee for ministry up there, and he's got to go through Samaria. And many Jews, the angst was so great between the Jews of Israel and the Samaritans that some Jews, when they would travel to the north, would actually go across the Jordan River, up in that green section, and up into Galilee or wherever they were going in the north. And it would easily add an extra three or four days to their journey. But the angst was so great before these people. Jesus meets this woman, the scriptures say, at noon. And um, obviously, at that time of the day, that, that woman was carrying so much shame that she wouldn't come out in the morning when it was cooler. She would come out in the afternoon so she wouldn't be around other people. And rabbis, they would not speak with women, let alone Samaritan women. And this is this wonderful conversation that takes place. So let's pick it up from John chapter 4 and verse 13. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give, Will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while well, we Samaritans claim it here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? What, what this woman is saying, worship used to be in Jerusalem. Well, for the Jews in Jerusalem, Jesus is turning the money tables over there. And for the Samaritans, their tradition was that worship was on this mount. Basically, rather than what the Jews would say is where Abraham um, sacrificed Isaiah, uh, Isaac sorry, on, at Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, the Samaritans said it all happened in Samaria. And so this created even more angst and more um, anger amongst these people. And of course, they had only the first five books of the Bible, not like the Jews that had the whole Old Testament as we would know it today. Verse 23 The time has come, indeed, is now, is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I love what Jesus said. He never said true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in religion. He never said in spirit and in entertainment. He said in spirit and in truth. And God wants to invite every one of us into a conversation with Jesus that we can hear the truth. This woman had a conversation with Jesus, and as she communed with Jesus, Jesus revealed truth to her. That truth changed her. Absolutely transformed here, And I want to encourage you today to keep your conversation bubbling away with the truth that Jesus wants to reveal to you. What is the truth that Jesus needs to say to you this morning? You know, one of the, the truths I think that God wants to address in our culture, it is so easy to be a spectator and think that's an expression of worship to God. Jesus says... Come and be part of it with me. Step into the water. Come onto the boat. Let's be part of this. Let's not be spectators. Let's be participators in expressing worship to God. And of course, Jesus says here, it's more important to be a worshiper than know the definition of worship. I'm going to share the definition of worship with you very shortly. Whether you uh, can have a definition of worship down pat or not, that's not the issue. God is more importantly looking for those that will pursue Him in an attitude of worship. Not an attitude of religion, but an attitude of finding the truth. And this is what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way that Jesus works with us is revealed truth to us. So we know the truth about ourselves, and we know the truth about Him. And I love this story. And this is true through all the centuries, the millennia for the church. Jesus reveals the truth to who we are, to his church, that she can be free to be who God has made her to be. You know, today, this year is the 500th anniversary since Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the papal door of the church and said people are not made right with God by paying money to a priest. Back then, that's how people were made right. You pay your money, here we go, Pastor Sheridan. A hundred bucks, he says, that's not enough. Oh, I'll have another hundred. So he says, that's still not quite enough. <laughs> we still got his hand out. <laughs> and I'd have to pay money to be right with God. But Martin Luther said, that's bad enough. But the other thing that, that he addressed was, I have to do good works to be right with God. The truth is we are made right with Christ by faith. That's the truth that he nailed to a door. That's the truth that God was expressing to the church of the day. And God wants to speak and continue to speak church to us. And here's one of the things, church. We don't have to be apologetic for our faith as believers in the world. I don't have to go out in the world and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian. God wants us to be strong in our faith. See, can I pray with you? I'm going to be a witness of my faith. I'm going to walk in the revealed truth that God has for me. Isn't that awesome? That's the truth that God wants us to live. And Jesus' way is to reveal truth about ourselves and about Him that we can respond to. And as we respond to the truth, this is what it does. It brings us life. It brings us freedom, and so Jesus can say, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. This is my way. I'll show you the truth about you and who I am, that you can know the life of that I have to give. Isn't that awesome? And God's truth about you this morning is, you're not an accident. God's truth about you this morning has an incredible future and destiny for you. It's the truth. And the truth of it is is not found in comparing yourself with others, but hearing the truth that Jesus declares over you. Aren't you so pleased that we live in truth and not in religion? Religion will suck the life from you. Religion will cause you to be judgmental and under the judgments of others. That is not where truth lives. Truth has this ring about it that makes you feel free. And I want to say to you this morning, I want you to have the freedom as we worship God in this place, to raise your hands heavenward, to get a bit of a jive on if you want to, to do a bit of a shimmer. (laughs) Truth. Truth comes from knowing this word. God wants us to worship him in truth. The conversation with Jesus through his word that we know more about ourselves and more about Him, that we can become more like Jesus whenever, wherever, be like Jesus. That is an expression of worship. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a burger. For those that are really health conscious, thank you, Wendy. <laughs> There's a salad. So often we can say when we come in our journey with God, we can reduce our our worship experience to a level so low, so below that what God has for it. We can say that's what a burger looks really looks like. That's what a salad really looks like. And God goes, You ain't seen nothing. That's what a burger looks like. That's a good one. Carl's Junior Burger. I might go down there after church. (laughs) Sorry, Wendy. We'll go to the salad bar instead. But we have this tendency, here's a truth, or sorry, a, a, a propensity we have to do, is to reduce what God has for us and say, that's it. But God wants to say, hey, there's so much more. That's the truth. There's so much more that I have to reveal to you. That's the truth. There's a big burger. It's really, really good. There's a big salad, and it's really, really, really good. Of course, the salad's a lot better than the burger, of course. So that's the truth. It goes on and says, worship God in spirit. Going back to the definition of worship, it would be good to bring this in, wouldn't it? The Hebrew context of worship is all about your body. And the words are kneel, prostate, open your hands. Hebrew is a very concrete language, and so the, the abstract thoughts that we have like joy or wisdom in our language are substituted with concrete illustrations so they're easy to understand. So in Hebrew, worship is about presenting your body before the Lord, but the big idea on the Hebrew concept of worship is service. My whole life in service to God is an expression of worship. My whole life, my 24 hour day expression is worship to God. It's not just an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. It's every day through the work, in my service, in my work, in the factory, in the office, wherever I am. That is an expression of my service, my worship before God. Isn't that awesome? You know, one of the things that Jesus said <clears throat> about worship, we're speaking to the, the Pharisees. And uh, he said, look, Isaiah the prophet was true about you. He said, you, your lips say the right thing, but your hearts are far from me. There's a story of a pastor who had a dream, a very vivid dream, and he writes, in my dream an angel was with me, and the angel took me into a church. And in this church, the people were standing and singing, but I could hear no sound. The preacher was preaching, but I could hear no sound. The organ was playing, but I could hear no sound. And the pastor asked the angel, what's all this about? He said, their lips are close, but their hearts are far away. There's no worship. And so what the New Testament does, it takes this concrete term, and it, where's Wendy? Oh, there she is. She's the only person I can do this illustration with. <laughs> She's going, oh, no. <laughs> the Greek word for worship is to kiss. Oh, okay, here we go, quickly. Ah, oh. oh, yeah. It's to kiss, to revere, to come close to. And so this, this thought... Yeah, wholehearted, yeah, thanks, way. We might just end things there. <laughs> and so um, there's another expression of, to illustrate this sense of kissing, um, is with a, a master and his dog, and how the dog would lip, a lick from the hand of the, his master, this closeness. And so worship is this act of service, devoted service of the heart, to render all that I am, all for the glory of God. Isn't that awesome? And so God invites us into that closest of relationships and all that we do. So worship in spirit. Spirit is about just as truth, the truth that God reveals to you, the truth that Jesus. So spirit is about your spirit and about the Holy Spirit. Your spirit, God is inviting you, the, the, the spirit that brings worship to God is one that is open. That you're open to God. One of the best ways to be open is open your hands. Amy Cuddy, who's a, uh, a psychologist, I've said this before, you can look at her TED Talk, did all this research about how you can change the way you feel. She used to think, the, the thesis was, you change the way you feel by changing the way you think. She said that's all wrong. You change the way you feel by the way you hold your body. God knows this. So open your hands and your heart will open up. Try worshiping God like that's pretty hard. Get on your knees, and instantly you will feel a sense of reverence in your heart. So, we have this invitation to step into this wonderful aspect of our spirit being open to God. Isn't that awesome? God is looking for that, an open spirit, a a spirit that goes, yes, Lord, I want to glorify you, I want to worship you. And do you know, if you're anything like me, I don't wake up every day feeling like that. Who knows what I mean? Yeah, I see that hand, Owen. Good. I don't wake up wanting to worship God every morning. I wish I could say that I did, but the truth is I don't. But here's the truth. I have a choice. I have a choice. We used to sing a song, I have a destiny. I could sing, I have a choice. I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna give him thanks. I'm gonna worship him. That's the sound that's gonna come from my heart. That's the sound that's gonna come from my mouth. That's the sound that's gonna come from the church. That's the sound that comes from true worshipers is I'm gonna praise him. I'm going to praise Him. And as there was one old song that used to go, can't quite remember it now, but put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It changes the way you feel. So the way we present our bodies changes us. The sound that comes out of our mouths, that's why music, and Caleb's going to share a little bit about that shortly, why music is so good, because it just loosens us all up to worship God. I'm not talking about emotionalism, but I'm talking we need our emotions free to worship God. God wants us to be open in that aspect. Isn't that good? The other thing about worshiping God in spirit is sometimes we can be confronted with some pretty tough things. But throughout Scripture, there's wonderful examples when Abraham takes his son, Isaac, and sacrifices him. Well, he's about to. He doesn't. But it's worship. When Isaac is an old man, and he leans on his staff and worships. When Job has been through all his challenges, and he worships. When John Newton was saved, and he was one that was involved in the slave trade, and he writes that beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace. He worships when Horatio Stafford, who wrote the hymn, It Is Well, It Is Well, It Is Well, had gone through the most tragic situation in his life. He was a businessman in Chicago. He sent his family ahead of him because he had business in Chicago to do. His family were en route to England where their ship collided with another one. And all their family, bar his wife and I think one child, I can't quite remember, it was four or five children. They lost them. And as he was going over to England on another ship, the captain said, this is the place. We're near to where you lost your family. And he worships God. It is well, it is well with my soul. Isn't that amazing? Wendy and I, when we were first married, probably in our first year we used to collect this lady. Her name was Mrs. Petrie. Like, uh, we were 20-something, very young, weren't we? And she was like 100, and she had wrinkles. I didn't realize somebody could be so old, but she was a lovely Christian lady. She was a worshiper. She was a, wasn't she? She'd sing all these whole hymns, and she would say this. <clears throat> now, when you have children, you can't let them jump on the beds, I'm going, to flip. <laughs> no jumping on the beds. No more monkeys jumping on the beds. <laughs> she wouldn't let her children sit on the bed. She wouldn't let her children jump on the bed. The bed was only for sleeping in. But Mrs. Petrie was an amazing lady. She was a worshiper. And I'll never forget her telling us a story. When she was newly married, and her husband, who would bike to work every day, she kissed him goodbye. And as he went off on his bike that day, He was hit by a car and killed and never came back home. But here she is in her 90s and she says, I'm a worshiper. I worship God. It doesn't matter whether you're on the top of the hilltops or on the bottom of the valleys. My spirit is open because here's the thing. As Jesus reveals the truth to us about who we are and who He is, and who the church is. So the Holy Spirit personalizes that as we worship in spirit. The Holy Spirit is active amongst that. So here's Jesus active amongst the revelation of truth. And the Holy Spirit is active amongst the revelation of spirit that our worship would be to Father God. Isn't that awesome? And Father goes, that's the closeness that I want with my family. All over the earth, I want worshipers that will worship me in spirit and truth because when there is worship, I'm going to pour out my power upon this planet. I'm going to change things. I'm going to transform things like no eye has seen and no ear has heard because people worship me. So church, I want to encourage you. Let's be a church that worships on purpose. Not accidentally, not because, oh, it's Sunday, but with intentionality. I will use every member of my body. I will use my hands. I will raise my hands. I will kneel. I will express my voice. And I can't sing, but I'll express my voice the best I can. And Sheridan and Wendy will tell you that. <laughs> will he shut up? Will he keep quiet? No, I won't. I'm going to praise my God. I'm gonna praise him. And I want all of you to praise him. And so let's worship on purpose. And let's give it up for Caleb. He's gonna come and share. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Ooh,
4: put the iPad on the, on this thing instead of over there. It's kinda of funny being here on this step and not on that step. Even though I've probably been there thousands of times like over the last 15 years or so of worship leading. Um, I just want to thank you guys as we start out here. Um, thank you guys for being worshippers. You really are. This congregation is a worshipping congregation. It's a worshipping family. Um, I, it's really exciting. to I get to kind of see it, if you can see it. I, I'm not sure, but you can. I, I think you can. Um, And I think God is building a real depth in us in our worship, and that's because you guys keep choosing, keep deciding, I'm going to worship God today. Monday morning, I'm going to worship God today. Um, All right, so uh, Ray's asked me to speak on um, culture and uh, worship culture, so let me read you a scripture that I think kind of um, sums up my approach to all this. It's Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. And perfect. The message says something like, don't fit into your culture without even thinking. So let's have a look at culture. There's a few trends in, in our worship culture, Western worship culture, I'm going to put all those together um, as a term if you like, um, that can undermine true corporate worship. So um, our Western culture, our, our worship culture as well, uh, increasingly focuses on individual stars and celebrities when it comes to worship. Uh, celebrity worship leaders are a thing these days. Is that, it's got to sound weird, eh? Celebrity worship, it's kinda, is that a weird thing to say? But it's a thing. It really is a thing. Um, well, you know the names, um, Israel or Darlene or Joel. You know their last names because because they're a celebrity. Um, I'm not hassling them either, by the way. Uh, 30 years ago, not so important, but today, this is how it is. Um, There is a cultural pull for us to copy famous worship leaders and be clones, if you like. Um, Or, alternatively, to rebel and be different. I'm not going to be like that. Oh, I love that. I'm going to be like that. I don't know. Get the, get the get the haircut. No, I'm going to have a beard. No, they've got beards now. <laughs> I'm being silly about image, but I think we, we try and copy, try to figure out who they are somehow and copy that, but we'd have no idea who they are at all. Um, they're just an image for us. Um, they, the problem is they quickly become a marker point or a, like a, a reference point for our Christian walk. Um, that's how it is in western culture people look at celebrities and go oh yeah that's what they're wearing this is their thoughts this is their values okay and, and we very hard to avoid that in our Christian culture as well we're kind of born into the western world and that's just how it is and so we have to be aware of that that we're not trying to be a copier or a clone um, but instead we have a mandate to take up the responsibility and leadership that each and every one of us carries in the area of worship, not just some holy anointed person who is famous. No, we're, we all are here to create, to be intentional about here as in heaven, to express adoration, to value God's manifest presence, to listen to God and to obey him and to do that. Um, that's what we're all here to do. All right, second point, uh, music and worship are strongly associated with each other these days. Isn't that, oh, is that a surprise? Did anyone not realize that? Um, uh, it's, the thing is, it's gotten quite deep in our culture that it's to the point of our language. So worship music is a thing. Worship time, worship set, these, this is the way we talk about worship, is, is, there's always music associated with it, it seems, um, and that's kind of strange. Um, so therefore, that's how we think, because that's the way we talk. Um, but we need to remember, music itself is not worship. Music is good. Painting is good. Yes, is. <laughs> Photography, video, all kinds of creative expressions. Writing is good. Uh, reading is good. Walking in nature is good. All those kinds of things are really good, um, there are ways to express ourselves uh, in worship to God. And music is interesting because it's a way that brings us together in unity and, and as a disparate group of individuals at times, we get to do this together. Um, so it's uniquely powerful in that corporate setting as well as in the individual one. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, I really like it. The worship set at church, um, here's, here's what I think it's for. I think it's a place to encounter God. So not just to sing songs and feel good, it's a place to encounter God. Um, mu- uh, music is biblical, it's universal throughout all cultures, um, but in the end of the day, as Ray said before, if our hearts are far away, um, it really means nothing. Our expression means nothing without the heart behind it. Um, so the Bible has plenty to say about that, um, but we won't read all that. My final point here, um, another trend in worship culture, and this is a bit of a big thought, um, so stay with me but another trend over the last 50 years or so is to, is the increase in the importance of individual consumption of worship music this is where the nerd in me gets going as opposed to corporate expression of worship let me just say that again there is an, a trend um, an increasing trend of the importance of individual consumption of music worship music as opposed to the corporate expression of worship so uh, one result of this trend is that we can be prone to feel that we've found a more authentic expression of worship through individualized experience. Are you with me still? Well, like, oh, I had to read a whole lot of really awful readings to, to twig on this. So i summarize for you. It's so easy to think that, that walk in the, in the bush is more important than what people do together in a congregation. Um, or more authentic, more real, which I don't think is quite true. I think both are very important. What happens in the secret place and what happens in public, very important. That different things happen in those two different environments. And so it's really important that you do take that bushwalk or listen to that music on your iPod or get painting or take photos. But it is also really important that you come to church and you do something together in unity um all right. So at the end of the day I just want to land here. It's genuinely a countercultural thing to be an active participant in corporate worship. It's not what it's not really that normal elsewhere. Hey. Eh? This is a special thing. This is a this is a thing we get to do. Um let me just re- give you my paraphrase of Romans 12.1 that I read earlier. This is my little, my little workup. Make a decision to worship God. Own the journey. Be intentional. We will lead this nation. We will bring about genuine culture change. If we keep growing in the area of worship, that's in the secret place and corporately. So, you guys are the worship leaders. People often talk, that's that language thing again. People talk about me as being a worship leader. I've got this title. Anyone goes, lead me? No, you guys don't. That's pretty cool here. Um, but I'm not the worship leader. <laughs> we are the worship leader. Corporate, group, family. We're the body. We're the leaders of worship in this nation. All right. Back
3: to you, Pastor Ray. Thank you so much, Caleb. Brilliant. Isn't that wonderful? Just a great perspective on it. Wow. How you going, worshippers? You're ready to continue our expression of corporate worship together? Yeah, good, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Isn't it so good to know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is so on this thing? Man, I, I, they get excited his church joins corporately together to sing the praises of God. So can I invite you to stand to your feet please And Caleb and the team, Owen and the team are going to lead us in worship and uh, we are as Caleb said the worship leaders we are that expression and so can I encourage you to lift your hands to heaven Father thank you for those wonderful words of Jesus. The time is now to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Father, in the name of Jesus, your Son, we bring ourselves afresh before you. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity it is to be in such close and intimate relationship with you. May your freedom fill us May your grace empower us as we worship you in Jesus' name.
1: Face and all is stripped away. Lord, I simply come, longing just to bring something that's a worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more. king of endless world, no one could express how much you deserve, the one we can pour, all I have is yours, every single breath, declare this morning I'll bring you more, I'll bring you. Than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear I'm looking into my heart. I'm coming back I'm coming back to the heart of it's all about you, it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I made and It's all about You. it's all about you Jesus I'm coming back, I'm coming back to you oh, It's all, about you. it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for thing When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. about you. It's all about you. Bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. song. What you say? I'll bring you more than i'll bring you more than a song we declare in this house this morning we cry out to you
5: i'll
1: bring you more than a song i'll bring you more than a song
5: i'm
1: coming back to your heart i'm coming back to back to your heart. I'm coming back to your heart, I'm coming back to your heart, it's all about
5: you, Jesus.
1: I'm coming back to the heart of, and it's all about you, it's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the It's all
5: about you. It's all about you, Jesus.
1: I'm sorry. Made it. It's all about you It's all about you Jesus I'm coming back to the Come on church, lift our voices When it's, when it's all about you
0: It's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for
4: Bye,
0: our God a rain I If
1: you want to open your mouth, open it. If you want to sing praise, you sing praise. If you want to worship, you worship. Now is the moment. If you want to lift your voice, we have the freedom to do that. Thank you, Lord.
2: What a great honor and privilege that is. You know, I reckon, I reckon one of the reasons that worship is so associated with music, and I agree with you fully that they're not the same thing, but I think one of the reasons that worship and music are so closely associated is because uh, music unlocks your emotions. It reaches you at an emotional level. And to truly worship in spirit and in truth means to worship completely, which includes our emotions. And uh, I I actually think that's why the Psalms say, um, and why the scriptures say, you know, I will sing a new song to the Lord. Because it's very easy to get emotionally attached to old songs where God did something in the past. And we tend to go back there. But God wants your emotions today. He wants you to attach to Him and worship today. Not just in yesterday. And I I wonder if that's one of the reasons that he uses music so powerfully and has done right through the scriptures, really, the ages, to help us unlock and and really connect with who he is. I agree fully. We've got, I mean, who would think ever of um, copying the celebrity worship leader's hairstyle? I mean, it's ridiculous. (laughs) I can't quite get my head around that. But it's a challenge that we live in today. There are so many voices. Now, we live in an incredible age. I can listen to a podcast of this person, that person, the other person. I can, I can listen to the music that this person, that person. So, there's so many voices. You've actually got to make a choice somewhere along the line of the voices that matter to you. That are connecting you with, helping you connect with God. It's an interesting age we live in. Fascinating, isn't it? That was great. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you, Caleb. Fantastic. Can we give them a big hand? Just one more comment. I said this in the in the first gathering too. Don't don't lock yourself into form around worship. You know, form is what it looks like for you. It's a very subtle trap. There's a story and it's told of a church. And we can all fall into this because we're all people. People make up the church, okay? So there's a story that's told of a church years ago and they had the organ and the organ sat eight inches out from the wall and no one knew why, but it sat eight inches and people tried to shift it, but it caused all sorts of mayhem. It sat eight inches from the wall and they went to a new building and when they set the organ up, it was set up eight inches from the wall. And someone had the audacity to ask, why is the organ eight inches from the wall? No one knew. That's just how the organ is. They did some research and they discovered that years before, the church was in a building with a slopy roof. And the organ player was tall. And unless the organ was eight inches from the wall, his head hit the roof. But we can so easily lock ourselves into a form of something for a stupid reason that actually had a very practical outworking at the time, but means nothing today. And I think that's something that we can all carry as we go into the week. Don't lock yourself into a form. Lock yourself into worshiping God. Can I ask you to bow your heads for a moment? Because worship is an aspect of relationship. It's been said that worship is the most intimate relationship. But worshiping without relationship is pointless. And I want to ask you this morning, are you in relationship with God? Are you in relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ? Because He went to a cross, Jesus. He died on a cross Carrying the weight of our imperfections, the the weight of what we've done wrong, the weight of sin. He was raised to life on the third day. And the Bible now tells us that the only way to the Father, the only way to God, is through Jesus Christ because of what He did on that cross for us. And so today, as we've discussed and And looked at worship. I think it would be a tragic thing if you left this building and you weren't actually in relationship with the God that we're worshipping. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to step into a relationship with Him. And it may be the very first time you've done that, or for whatever reason, you may have stepped right back from relationship with God and perhaps you just find yourself here today. Let me tell you, you haven't just found yourself here, it's a divine invitation. God would say, Come on, step back up. Let's start relating again. Relationship is vital, it's at the base of it all. Relationship with God. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. If today you're saying, Jesus, today I choose you for the first time, or for whatever reason I've stepped back, but today I'm stepping up again, I choose you today. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. So if you know you need to do that, if you know you need to say yes to Jesus, if today you want to step into relationship with him, can you lift your hand right now, please, so I can see you? Let's pray for you. Thank you. only going to wait a couple of moments. Fantastic. i seen a couple of hands. Church, can we give these ones a hand, please? Fantastic. Father, as we go into our week this week, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, help us be like Jesus, I pray. Father, that we would be quick to be people of love, mercy, compassion, kindness, ones who release grace wherever we go. I thank you for your church and I pray that this week we are a blessing to all those around us, to our city. In Jesus' name. Thank you for coming out this morning. Uh, encourage you to uh, the giving stations to the left of the doors as you leave um, thank you for being purposefully in your giving that's great tonight we've got a triple seven some triple um, seven is street people sharing for seven minutes each i think they're some of my favorites of the of the year it's hearing primarily young ones really sharing about what god's doing in and through their lives that'll be fantastic and next sunday morning Cole and Sam are doing a drama and they're going to speak around that. It'll be fantastic. It's an original. Looking forward to that. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great week.